Welcome to Center Stage with international opera star Pamela Kuhn. And now, here is your host, Pamela Kuhn. Good morning, everyone, and the curtain is up on Center Stage. I recently launched my trilogy called The Three Tenors on Center Stage. As I said in my first installment when I interviewed young up-and-coming tenor Blake Friedman, tenors can inhabit a world unto themselves. This is just one of the aspects that makes this trilogy so very interesting. Being a tenor requires extraordinary skill in the study and ease in the demands of the high voice. One can say the same of any vocal classification, but the tenor voice needs to have the wings of Pegasus in the lift and facility of vocal flight. Because the tenor voice can also be so fragile, sometimes it can be accompanied by an insecure or mercurial temperament. Stories are frequent about the difficulties and ego-driven attitudes and antics of some tenors. But every once in a while, there is the story of the uber-talented and yet humble personality that accompanies the man behind the voice. This sounds like the libretto to an opera itself. But in actuality, I'm speaking now of one of the great American tenors of our day a man who has painstakingly worked to find his fame and judiciously made right decisions along the way while never forgetting who he really is, a man dedicated to the love of his family and the camaraderie of his fellow colleagues. It is not often in the musical world that I can give the title of Prince to a fellow singer, but it is today that I am going to interview a prince of a man, a prince of kindness, and a literal literal prince on the stage, whether it is on the Metropolitan Opera stage or the Wigmore Hall in London. He is one of the most gifted lyric tenors of his generation. His elegant musicianship, innate sense of style, and dramatic commitment has led him into every major international operatic concert and recital hall. This year sees him in Paris as Ottavio in Don Giovanni, as Werther in Munich and again in Vienna at the Vienna Staatsoper, and on home turf at the Metropolitan Opera as Nadir in the Pearl Fishers, and the soon-to-be-featured Roberto Devereux singing the title role. It is my great honor to introduce to you all this morning Matthew Polinsani. Good morning, Matt, and welcome Hi. to Center Stage. Hi, Pam. I don't know if I can... I'll try my best to live up to that incredibly <laughs> great and gracious introduction. I'll, I'll do everything I can to prove, to prove those words prescient and not, uh, and, and not uh, hyperbole. It's, it's okay. Everyone who knows you n- knows I speak the truth. And you know, Matt, as long as you're comfortable being addressed as the prince today, then so am I. And how <laughs> oh, often gosh. do you get that? <laughs> oh, well, thankfully not so often, because my friends aren't afraid to give it to me, you know what I mean? And uh, that's all, it's all right. But I will say, there was a very, we had a, uh, oh, no, you know what, this is a story that's not, fit for, no, I can tell some of it. There, I, One of my colleagues um, referred to himself as his, as his country's natu- national treasure. Oh. And, and he, he meant it absolutely seriously. Mm-hmm. He, he believed that he was a treasure of his country. And of his and of the world, frankly, and um, and we all, all of us who you know who understand that people are people, and that a voice doesn't doesn't give you the right to um, 
extra special treatment or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's a singular gift that you happen to be given, but it doesn't doesn't mean that you're that you're entitled. Um, we we laughed about it, and at some point, and I'm sure there was a certain quantity of beer involved. But uh, one of my friends was like, well, dude, you're the American treasure. And, man, you know, I knew instinctively that if I protested and said too much, that it would stick. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, he's, uh, these, are good friend, these are good friends of mine, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, we, were on a, we were actually on a golf trip. And, um, and so, you know, I tried so hard. And I'm like, Guy, okay, we can make this joke while we're here on the, you know, out on the golf links. But, uh, but we can't, we can't, um, we can't do this. We can't do this like all over the world. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, you're not going to uh, pronounce it on the city streets, right? Exactly. You know. <laughs> but of course, what ended up happening was they ended up telling. Um, they ended up, men- you know, saying somebody said something to somebody at the Met, and the next thing you knew, in the rehearsal department, I was getting it from them too. And I thought, all right, I just got to be quiet. It's going to go away eventually. <laughs> you know, it's going to leave. You know, it's like that. Somebody calls you a name, and if you really protest, you're seriously in trouble. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I-, I get it. But you know, there could be worse things, Matt. Oh, no, it's it's true. It's true. But you, but I mean, what you said in terms of my humility and such, you know, I mean, that is true. I mean, I don't, I seriously don't believe that I'm entitled to anything more because I'm a good singer or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's just a particular gift that I was given and I'm, I'm trying my best to take as good care of it as I can. But I mean, uh, you know, so I don't, you know, that kind of stuff is tough for me to take. Oh, you are kind. But see, that sums it all up right there. That is your humility, Matt. That's a wonderful thing. It's, a, it's, such, a, it's a, such a refreshing thing in this musical world of ours, as you, as you know better than I. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> you are cute. But look, let's start at the beginning. Um, sure. Where do you come from? Well, I, I grew up in the Chicago area, always around Chicago, um, and in a musical family. I mean, mm-hmm. when I say musical, like my parents like to sing. They were in barbershop chorus and quartets wow. and such and my mom plays the piano some and um and you know there's other people in my family with musical gifts i mean people who play the guitar and my sister actually my youngest sister has had a great um folk singing career and she's still doing that but she's a mom now and a nurse but i mean she still is um she's still writing songs and making music and she was even in new york playing um she played down in new york a couple of weeks ago it was great to go and see her but i mean nobody did nobody was really doing it for nobody did it for a living and um so then you know i when i got to uh when i got to high school um singing was really the only thing that i had any aptitude with or not i wouldn't even say aptitude i didn't have an aptitude but what i had was interest yeah and um and so i you know so i i ended up going to uh, to college to get a music education degree, like I wanted to be a teacher, and um, and then a barit- bass baritone named Alan Held heard me, mm. and um, hang on a second, honey, sorry, honey, I'm on the phone. I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute, okay? That's my five-year-old. <laughs> oh, adorable, um, <laughs> adorable. We love so, it. No, it's good. So um, Alan heard me, and he said, "Hey, you know, Matt, you know, you ought to you ought to seriously consider." I sang for in a master class. That's what it was. I sang for him in a master class, and he pulled me aside after, and he said, "You ought to consider being a tenor, you know, they're, uh, being a singer. You're, they're always looking for tenors." Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and as it turned out, he studied with a man named Richard Cross. Mm-hmm. And in those days, um, his wife was his wife, whose name is Doris Cross, was running the program. They're both there now at Yale at Opera. Yale? Uh-huh. And um, and so I went and auditioned. They took me, and <laughs> I mean, the rest is sort of history. I went straight from there to the Young Artist Program in Chicago uh-huh. at Lyric Opera Chicago. And uh, and I left there, and I went straight to the Met. 
That is fantastic. How was it, you know, for you being a Chicago kind of guy to go into the Young Artist Program in, in Illinois? Well, it was cool, but I have to say, in those days, and we're talking now the mid-90s, in those days, Young Artists didn't do much. We, mm. I mean, like, I sang one of the priests in Magic Flute, and in fact, that's how I got noticed, because uh, a man named Jonathan Friend, who's the artistic administrator From of the Metropolitan Nuts. Opera, yeah. exactly, mm-hmm. he heard me, and, uh, and he asked me if I would have come and audition. So, uh, which I did do. But at any rate, um, we didn't do much, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, the best part of it was my voice teacher was living in Chicago. And, uh, oh, and Miss so, Harshaw. Yeah. And in fact, I'd actually turned down JOC um, oh. because, uh, because she was there. And I, and I thought, you know what I need to do? I need to study. I need to get my voice where, where, where it wants to be. And I had, no, I had no guarantee of getting in the Lyric Opera program. I was in the finals. But, I mean, even so, there was still another audition to go. And uh, I didn't even know how many tenors they were looking for and, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, when, when, when they called, oh, man, when, when, I, when I said no to them, it was, uh, there was some hell to pay. <laughs> you know, I mean, a, a lot of backlash over that. Because who says no to JOC? And it's true. You know what? I, didn't, I wasn't working as a singer at the time. I mean, I had the odd few jobs and such. I was working as a legal secretary. And, um, but what wow. I was doing was I was studying voice, and I was studying with somebody who I believe was going to help me get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to put my chips on the voice rather than the experience. Than the program. Of, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, what, so as it worked out. What yeah. a wise decision uh, for, for your young age at that point. Well, yeah. I don't know. Even then I was aware, and this is, you know, people always ask me, what do, you, what do you like to tell young singers? And I'm like, I always say, find a teacher. Right. Get a teacher. I don't care if you go to the Wyoming, you know, junior college technical institute of, you know, of, of, of Butte or whatever. I mean, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. The voice will rise above all of that. Mm-hmm. Your, your tape is or your CD is going to get the same listen as everybody else's. And um, your problem, of course, in being in Wyoming, there's not so many art. art that, that's you know. true, Matt. But, but, but you know what I mean? My point, my point was just that you need a teacher. You mm-hmm. need somebody who's going to help you grow and become, become something more. And when you're, you know, when, you're, when you're at the age I was, which I was like 24 or 25, I guess, um, you know, I knew that I, I, couldn't, I wasn't ready to go out and try and be a singer. Mm-hmm. I knew there were things I had to fix. And, and right. um you know, right. I didn't know how bad it was, but, I mean, she took me apart and she rebuilt me completely. And uh, and now I'm lucky enough to, I mean, she died then in 97, and I've been studying with a student of hers whose name is Laura Brooks-Rice. Mm-hmm. And I've studied with Laura ever since, and she's still my teacher today. That's fantastic. Yeah. And and you do coach with the guru, Tony Minoli, in New York as well, don't you? Yeah, for me, I'm, I, I, it's funny. I There are two coaches, three coaches who I like to work with in New York, mm-hmm. and one of them left for a while. There's Tony, and he's, I've been coaching with Tony since 1998, so I've known him a long time. And then, uh, and then I work with. I like to work with John Fisher, who is who was was the head of the music staff at the Met, mm-hmm. and then left to go run Welsh National Opera. Um, and he's back now on the, on, as head of the music staff at the Met again, which is great because he's he's there's just to you know it's tough. You once you find people who know your voice mm-hmm. and who can talk to you about um, style and things like that, and whose ear you know you trust. I mean, when you find someone like that, you hate to let him go. Oh, and uh, absolutely, so it was absolutely. tough when John left. And, yeah. Uh, so anyway, and then I also I also coach a good bit with a man named Ken Noda, mm-hmm. um, who is a pianist at the Met also. So um, and there's been others along the way, but these are the guys who I've, I find myself repeatedly going back to, and people who I know I can trust, and who they know my singing, and even though they don't teach me voice, they're able to say, well, that doesn't sound right, you know, talk to Laura about that, mm-hmm. and uh, or whatever, and I and I'm able to you know make advances because of that, you know. 
Wow, it's all about keeping the balance, isn't it? Yeah, sure it is, absolutely. And, and I know the balance in your family life means everything to you. You have three lovely boys, and you're a totally devoted family man. How do you juggle traveling and giving the time you desire with them to your family? Uh, well, that's unfortunately, there's no good way to juggle it. I, I spend six to seven months outside of the home every year. So, um, wow. And there's not much I can do about that. It certainly helps to have married somebody as unbelievably super like woman like as i have married and um i mean really i don't know how my wife does it because even when i'm here we're still both going all the time you know of course you are i mean when she's here by herself and which like you know as i just said i mean it could be half the year or a little bit more each year um she's juggling all that stuff on her own but on the other hand she was a singer Mm -hmm. and that's how we met we met at yale and um and you know so she understands the dedication that i have to this career and to the craft and what it what it requires of me and because she was doing the same thing she did it until until um uh, right up close to before our our son was born Mm -hmm. and um you know she understood that you know that that uh that this is something that's like a uh, a deep inside music, you know, an impulse, uh, a desire that is somewhere where you can't that you can't talk about. It's something that has to go out. It, it's mm-hmm. just a part of who we are as humans. This person who has to be a musician, um, and how that itch has to, can only be satisfied in a specific way. You that's, know, that's right. So, uh, so she gets that, and um, she understands how why I make the why why I do what I do, and it helps to you know when we when we're talking to our kids, they. To get it, they seem to get it. Oops, hold on, I might have lost you. There. One second. You there? Yes. Yes. Yeah, they, yeah. they seem to get it too. And um, oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, they're they always they're always sad when I leave, but I, they seem to get it. And um, and of course, I see them on Skype and on FaceTime. And man, how great is that stuff? I know. Isn't it just a miracle of uh, uh, the world? I, I can't. It makes your life easier. With, yeah. I don't know how I did without it. You know. <laughs> I mean, the phone is good. But they don't, they don't want to talk on the phone. But if they get a chance to look at your face, that's a whole other thing. They can see Daddy, and that yeah, means absolutely. everything. Oh, Matt, that's so precious. Oh, my yeah. gosh. And your wife was a very talented mezzo-soprano. This is Rosa Maria Pascarella. Ooh, wow. Hey, good job on her name. Yeah, oh, that's thank right. Thank you. Thank you. Nice, nice uh, Irish lady. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I know it's so funny. You know, I mean, we make jokes like that all the time because even Polenzani, my first name is Matthew, but, I mean, it's very obviously Italian. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's, um, I, I feel like I've... I have I have married way above my station. Oh, please. <laughs> I think you both are a fantastic family unit. Uh, and I, I just have to read um, from an insightful Opera News article in 2013. You were quoted as saying, first, I'm a father, a husband, a family guy. My identity is wrapped up more in my family than anything else. That outlook in life informs my singing. I oh, yeah. like that, Matt. You're real. You're real. <laughs> You're well, a treasure. The <laughs> here's the thing, Pam, and, and it's it's tough to get to get even even my contemporaries to understand this, but certainly people who are, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm I'm kind of middle aged I guess, right now. But I mean, you know, the thing is that there, I know young people, I know singers, young singers, who don't know the name Di Stefano, or who don't know yes. the name Nielsen, or who don't know the name Corelli, who don't know the name, you know, Fischi uh, Discal. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. this, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. It's alarming. You're, you're trying to do this. Mm-hmm. This is what you are interested in doing with your life, but you don't know who these people are. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, here's what that says to me. On, on, the, on, that's, that, on, on, on the teacher level, that's one thing, but we're not talking about being a teacher right now. We're talking about family. Mm-hmm. What that says to me is that I am aware that the, the day is coming, and it is inevitable that I will no longer be singing. Mm-hmm. I'm pray, I always pray that that day comes when it's my choice. All right? I'm 60, mm-hmm. I'm 65, or whatever age. I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be home. I want to be, I want to be, I want to be a little more in my house. I want to mm-hmm. play more golf, whatever. Um, I mean, but the thing is that we'll be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> and how sad is that? But there it is. Well, I'm going to be forgotten. And in the days after I'm done singing, when the adulation and, and, and bravos and blah, 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 all that stuff that comes with being a, being a performer, when that stuff goes, what you have is your family. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if you haven't built um, beautiful relationships with your with your kids and with your with your wife and your cousins and and your dear friends and things mm-hmm. like that, if mm-hmm. you haven't built those things, then the last twenty 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 or thirty years of your life, however long you've got, I mean, uh, those years, yeah, I mean, kind of. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to spend all those years trying to figure out how you can get yourself back to that place. Um, but if those things are intact already. You know, then I'm, I have somebody who I can share these memories of my career with, my these memories of of the places we went and the things we did, and um, and somebody who I've been with, you know, who mm-hmm. knows me and who's known who's known everything that I've done all my life, you know, mm-hmm. and that is more important to me than, uh, you know, I mean, even when the greatest names are are quickly forgotten, um, yeah. you know, then I I can understand that I'm doing something bigger in my life than just singing. Oh, how beautiful! See, this is why you are the American treasure. Matt. Oh, but you know, um, it's you're bringing up a really good point because I'm always alarmed by this. And some uh, some uh, young singers in schools who just want to sing modern repertoire, you know, looking mm. at Schumann and saying that's old fashioned. I, I I'm shocked sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, but you're right. They're not looking back to the great great uh, singers and some of the great bel canto artists, you know, of of our our century, uh, which needs to be regarded. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you're going to keep this going, Matt. Believe me, you are. No, I hope so. I hope so. I always try. To, I try to talk about this stuff when I give mm-hmm. master classes. Good. So Good. That the younger singers at least can hear it. Not everybody who's going to have ears to hear that sort of thing. But if just a couple do, then it'll it'll remain alive. Oh, fantastic, Matt. In fact, let's hear a little bit of you right now, if you don't mind. Okay. How, how about a list song from your marvelous list album that you recorded with Julius Drake, who okay. is a man I've actually sung with before. Oh, um, yeah. We're going to hear okay. Im Rhein im Schönen Stroma, which is the um, the wonderful song about the the Cologne Cathedral shining exactly. down on the Rhine.
this suits your voice so well. <laughs> it's truly marvelous, and we can hear the waves of the Rhine in yeah, the background. Yeah, well, that's all Julius, right? I mean, it he is. is so amazing. Oh, he is. He's such an incredible pianist. Yeah. Um, there's so many things I want to talk about with you, and we just don't have all the time in the world. But just, you know, I know that um, James Levine at the Met, uh, the great conductor, has been one of your mentors, both professionally and personally. Mm. Um, and I understand that, you know, you first sang for him when you auditioned at the Met. Isn't this true? That's right. I mean, he, I don't know if he was there for the very first audition that I ever had at the Met. Mm-hmm. Um, he could have been, and I just don't remember. Now we're talking, that's, uh, boy, it's almost 20 years ago now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yes, I, and let me think here now. If I would have went, yeah, you know what, come to think of it, I did sing for him. He was there that, in that very first audition. And I think I sang Don Pasquale, actually, ah. um, which, is, uh, which was a piece that I was doing at City Opera that fall. Ah. And so, um, so I sang for him, I think I sang two or three things, and there was, I mean, the whole music staff was there, was also... Um, John Fisher, of course, in those days, and Lenore Rosenberg was there, mm-hmm. um, the whole Met staff, and uh, so oh, and I was I was very lucky to have gotten a uh, to have gotten an invitation to come and sing. And you know, the great thing was I I was I think I don't know if it was I'm sure it was by design, but I was lucky enough to have been in a in a show with with Jimmy. I don't know. I, I'd say in in each of like the first four or five six four or five seasons, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I got to be I got to be in front of him a lot, mm-hmm. and um, and so he could hear my development yes. as it was going along, you know. And, and has um, has he helped you, um, you know, make uh, decisions based on the development of your voice? I mean, you've been Mozart and Donizetti's best friend, and of course, uh, your your important role in Meistersinger with him. Um, but yeah. now you're moving on to Roberto Devereux. How exciting! Yeah, it, it is exciting. And you know what? I have talked with him a little bit about it, but the, the number of times in which he's had to say something to me about my repertory choices has been pretty small. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been. I, I I wouldn't say the word conservative, but I would say the word judicious mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. what I've taken on and as I've taken it on and the ages that I've taken it on at. The biggest thing that Jimmy ever said to me about repertory uh, wasn't so much about what I was singing, but it was about um, how I what I was doing when I wanted to be working and not working. In other words, oh. he said, Matt, you need parts like... David and Meistersinger. You need parts like Ottavio or Tamino mm-hmm. in uh, Giovanni or Magic Flute. You need these parts where you can go and be paid just the same fee as you would be paid to sing Werther or Hoffmann or uh, Rodolfo or any of the other things where you where carrying the show is part of the implied contract. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "You, what it's, what's important is to be able to work and relax a little bit and not mm-hmm. have to carry the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, this is, an, this is good for you, and it's good for your, it'll be good for your, not just your vocal health, but your mental health, yeah. uh-huh. you know? And certainly when I'm doing things like that and I'm home, I'm, I'm way more available, you know, for, for, uh, your family, I don't, yeah, for my mm-hmm. family, exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and for for doing things that are family related. If I'm singing, I mean, Giovanni is one of those ones that I can I could play 36 holes of golf on the day that I got to sing. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, it's one. You know, it's just one of those ones. Tamino mm-hmm. is the same way. I mean, uh, there's just things. Those, those parts are important, and I try to keep them in my. I'm, I'm working hard to keep that stuff in my repertoire. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that because you really are a champion of, of those pieces, and uh, you know, it's all about the balance, isn't it? And it's right. all about keeping the burnout level 
as low as possible. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I've been lucky also in that, uh, you know, one of the things Miss Harshaw used to say to me was, man, if you want to sing Puccini, well, you better be singing Mozart. Mm-hmm. But if you want to sing Mozart, well, you ought to be singing Puccini too. And her point, <laughs> her point about that was, what she was trying to say was, you can't, if you put yourself in one direction all the time, then the voice gets stuck in that that spot mm-hmm. it doesn't remain it doesn't remain pliable mm-hmm. and malleable and for me i i make a big point of of doing a lot of different things mm-hmm. and you know and i have friends who are my contemporaries in age or even younger than me mm-hmm. people who've said oh God, man a guy who i met semi recently who told me he had sung uh man i think it was like a hundred and he'd already given 150 performances of don giovanni and I, I'm, I'm like, I gotta be, I gotta be eight or nine years older than him at least, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. I, I thought, I tried to think. And this was a couple of years ago. I tried to think to myself, all right, how many, how many performances of Don Giovanni have I given? It's probably the thing I've sung the most. Um, and how many have I given? And I thought I didn't think that number was over a hundred. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Ottavio is a way different basket than, uh, than Don Giovanni. Mm-hmm. And especially this guy was a higher baritone, you know, like it's. The bass baritone sort of mm-hmm. piece, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and he was a higher baritone, and uh, and I just thought, well, man, all right, hey, more power to you, but I, I certainly, if I'd already given 150 performances of something like that in the amount of time that he'd been singing, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure I would have been sick of it. Oh my you know? gosh, yes. And, uh, and you've, you've remained so versatile and, and with your recital work. And mm-hmm. I have to say, Matt, you know, uh, that's my favorite medium, really. Um, your, your work as a recitalist is so intimate. You know, you, you, you lay yourself bare with the intimacy and the depth of, and sensitivity to text. Um, so, Matt, what about the future now? Where do you want to go after Roberta Devereux? Uh, well, I have my first poem actually in uh, in Barcelona. It'll be this summer, and um, yeah, it's funny. I think I've been I have been vocally I've been ready for poem for quite a few years now, uh-huh. but I had resisted um, because once you start on that track, it's tough to get off of it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that. Um, not, not just my agent understood, but I mean, I wanted to make sure the theaters understood that just because I'm singing Bohem doesn't mean that's what I want to be doing all the time. Exactly. But and, you um, but you can take control there, too, can't you? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm luckily at a point in my career where I get to choose a lot, you that's know. That's right. Um, so, uh, I, I mean, I've been, I've been able to do that for a little while. But I just wanted to make sure that when I took it on, that uh, that I was well established in yeah. French rep, and I was well established in the other repertory, you know, not just Mozart, but Donizetti, mm-hmm. and um, and things like, and even even some Bellini, but uh, that doesn't interest me in the same way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, you know, I and and I think I I'll have. Uh, and I'm taking some other Verdi parts, especially earlier Verdi, mm-hmm. um, in the in the next few years, and um, you know, I'm, I'll be adding those things slowly over time. The way I've added everything else. Which was to do to have to get one or two on the calendar and then you know give it a shot or two and see where I, see how I like it and um, sounds and, healthy to me. Yeah, well, sounds healthy I mean, to me. Even uh, you know, I, every, you got to try it or else. I mean, it's one thing to just say you're going to do it, but you really need to be in it to see to see whether or not it's right for you. And and we'll be with you, Matt Polinsani. Thank you so much for being Thanks, on Pam. Center Stage, ladies and gentlemen. The curtain is down. <laughs>